Hey, everybody. Welcome, Nothingers, uh, to uh, this episode of the All About Nothing podcast. Uh, this is episode number 182. Today is November the 20th, as far as the episode dropping, unless you're listening to it after that or before that. So thank you for listening. Uh, the audio in this one went a little wonky, and it's completely my fault because I didn't bring headphones and I didn't check to make sure that my microphone was on. Won't happen again. So with that said, please bear with me on this recording because, uh, frankly, I'm, I, I'm at a loss and I'm very angry with myself that it happened. So uh, just understand that uh, I'll try to make sure this doesn't happen again. So please enjoy this episode. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by GOT Sound Studio. GOT Sound Studio offers a variety of experiences. Music, voice, and instrumental recording and production, video, and still photography. GOT Sound Studio has all of your media needs met. Owned and operated by Dominique Stewart, the Neek the Geek, experienced artists as well as up-and-coming will find everything they need to create. Bring your media needs to one of the most talented producers and engineers in the business, Neek the Geek. You can find details by visiting gotsoundstudio.com or calling 803-243-2302. You can also find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. The All About Nothing podcast may have content and language. That isn't appropriate for some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the All About Nothing podcast. I am Barry Gruber. I am joined uh, this week by recently re-elected mayor of the city of West Columbia, the Honorable Mayor Tim Miles. Welcome, Tim. It's nice to be here with everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to be able to finally meet you and sit down because uh, our mutual friend probably mentions you at least every other conversation. So. Oh, Eric's a great dude. Yeah. Uh, I, the baby's not here yet. Yeah. So. I, I can't. And should I, be getting close. Yeah, no, it should be very close. And I feel really bad. I missed the baby shower because I didn't recognize who the invite was being sent from. And I don't recognize it. It, it goes right out the trash. It could be the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, I don't know. Maybe Eric, Eric, Eric dabbles in some of that, maybe. Uh, so uh, before we get into your re-election and everything, I just have to go through just some of our regular shout-outs and announcements. I want to thank Erica Sampson, chair of the Low Country uh, Young Democrats and the state committee lead for the count, uh, community engagement at the South Carolina Democratic Party Council of Black Democrats for being my guest host last week. Uh, I'd say that it was special for a birthday gift for her, but I made her drive all the way up from Charleston to sit with me in the cold over at Gibson Park Pond. Uh, so uh, it was more of a gift to me. Uh, also, again, shout out to a friend and contributor to the show, John Kosas Jr., uh, Broadcast and Media Relations Manager for the Columbia Fireflies. His book, Play by Play from the Miners, Profiles of Baseball Broadcasters from Scranton to Yakima. It's available now on Amazon as well as Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, uh, plenty of other places. Uh, as well, uh, to those local to the Midlands, John will be doing a book signing December 7th from 6 to 8 p.m. at All Good Books, 734 Harden Street, so you definitely want to come out and, uh, and, and get a book signed by the book first. Uh, it's very important. Uh, also, shout out to a friend of the pod and Free Times contributor and Voice of Columbia, Preach Jacobs. His latest endeavor, along with uh, Eric Duncan and Cat Hunter, uh, they have just opened Soul Haas, which is a new art gallery that is over on Lincoln Street in Columbia. Uh, it literally opens the night that we're recording this. Uh, so uh, make sure to uh, set some time to, to go visit the, uh, the gallery. Uh, that we'll have more details on that coming up, as well as an interview uh, 
uh, with the uh, with the uh, individuals that have created this new art gallery. So Preach and Kat and uh, and Eric. So we're we're looking forward to that. And lastly, here is the New Brooklyn Tavern events for this week, uh, Monday, November twentieth. Uh, these names, <laughs> I, I'm constantly shocked by these names, but. You know, when I was when we were in high school, it was Pearl Jam and uh, Cake and Ben Folds and you know, well, I guess Bare Naked Ladies was sort of in there. So uh, Monday, November twentieth, Goat Whore, Withered, and Spitter. Uh, Tuesday, November twenty eighth, Severed by Dawn, Omen Killer, Mouth Breather, and Fleshgate. November 29th is a Wednesday, Willis and Edge Hill. Saturday, December second is uh, is going to be a good one too. It's the Hops and Shops Market, open from two to four p.m. Uh, as well that night, Josh Daniels presents the North Carolina Waltz. And finally, Sunday, December 3rd, Andres, Origami Button, and the Seafloor Cinema. So you can head over to NewBrooklynTavern.com for tickets and details, as well as uh, more upcoming shows. There are links in our show notes. So that out of the way. Thank you again, Tim, for being Oh, yeah, absolutely. And providing the space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, this show doesn't happen without those people. So. Yes. Absolutely correct. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, we uh, we were we were working on potentially going to their last show, uh, which will be prep school Sequoia prep school, I think, or prep band or something like that. I don't. It's Zach's favorite. So. Yeah. So I'm so so thankful for the long heritage that New Brooklyn established over in West Columbia, yeah. and I look forward to them. I'm um, getting things up and going over in five points, and um, I'm hoping for a, a resurgence and um, revitalization of five points in the music scene over there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so Mike Wines and those folks in New Brooklyn have opened up a new place on State Street, pretty much right above New Brooklyn Tavern. It's one spot over, but um, they're still going to have a presence over on State Street. It's called The Attic. It's an upstairs hangout location. I ate there Tuesday. And I hope all these folks who have been concerned about the plight of New Brooklyn Tavern will come out and continue to support Mike and everybody from New Brooklyn Tavern in this new endeavor. Yeah, I had, uh, I actually had the, they have a sandwich, it's a, uh, it's basically a grilled cheese sandwich, but it's full of the, uh, the uh, uh, crab meat, Yeah, the crab meat, uh, tuna crab meat, so it was good, <laughs> and, uh, and I really liked the environment. Uh, there was an individual there that was in a wheelchair. Uh, I was extremely curious as to how he got up the stairs. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I wasn't quite sure. So uh, that may have been Mike. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I did. Well, I wish I'd introduced myself. No. Oh. Um, so for you all that aren't aware, uh, if this name doesn't give it away, the city of West Columbia is located across uh, the combined water flow of the Saluda and Broad Rivers, creating the Congaree River. Uh, and for the last four years, you've served as mayor. Uh, that's right. Columbia. That's right. Uh, you graduated from the Citadel. That's right. Uh, and uh, your husband, Cassie. I am. Three daughters. I do. Yep. Uh, One dog, Pepe. Oh, okay. I see. That wasn't in your bio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I'm grateful that you're able to be here on the podcast with me. Yeah, I enjoyed the last time. Look forward to yeah talking tonight. So uh, congratulations on your reelection. Thank you. Um, I, I told you in a text message that I saw. Uh, virtually every road I drove down on the uh, in the avenues over here was ten miles, ten miles, ten miles. It was, and and they were all very well placed, as if it was, uh, as if somebody had gone through and actually like surveyed and, and everything. We have a real strict sign policy in, in my in my in my campaign. We don't ask anyone to put signs up. Yeah. But if you ask for a sign, you get a sign. And I don't care if you've got 20 neighbors who have signs. Yeah. If you want a 10-mile sign, you're going to get one. That's great. But, you know, politics is such a, a weird thing. Yeah. 
Um, if you think back to school, you know, you might go, you might go six weeks. You might, if you get to college or grad school, you might go a full semester of where you work and you do the work and you get a grade, right? Well, we really work for four years before there's really any type of constructive, like cumulative feedback from the communities that, that you represent. Yeah, and um, it, it was very, very nice to, to have such a turnout from folks who came and voted and essentially said, we very much agree with the way that our city is heading. And um, it was it meant a lot to me for, for the folks who come out and say that. Yeah, and I, I, I have a West Columbia address, but I live in the part of West Columbia where they charge me extra for water. Right. Uh, but uh, God bless you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, we spend a lot of time in West Columbia. Yeah. I mean, uh, my father-in-law lives in West Columbia. We, you know, we 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 go to uh, restaurants in West Columbia, uh, and and you know, and I've told you on the phone that, that throughout the course of the last four years, I there's been such a visible improvement change to, to what to what's going on we're really starting to reap the benefit of years and years of work that went before us and um, i'm very very excited we've got so many things that are in the pipeline if, if time stay good and we're able to deliver them um, there's going to be even more of a change to our city than what folks have seen over the past four years yeah so uh, my first question, and this one actually came up as we were uh, walking across the street to go to the uh, the upstairs attic, the attic, the lounge. Um, is jaywalking a ticketable offense in West Columbia? So I think jaywalking is a ticketable oh. offense in West Columbia. Uh, <laughs> we are working to um, put in some... Um, more and safer crosswalks along Meeting Street okay. in that area from State Street up to Ninth Street. Um, we've made a push over the last several years to try to expand the safety of biking and pedestrian traffic in West Columbia. Um, we've made some progress on that. We need a lot more progress, and I, I'm hopeful that um, we'll get a lot of that done to help expand that. What sort of assistance do, uh, does the city of West Columbia get as far as financial from like the state when it comes to that sort of project? So anything dealing with roads in West Columbia, outside of the Mill Hill, we own the roadways in the Mill Hill, but any other road or sidewalk is generally going to be owned and maintained either by SCDOT or by the county, Lexington okay. County. Um, so we work in conjunction with those folks, and sometimes we chip money in. So we've got a big project going on that's about to start out on Highway 1. If you start at Drear Road, which is essentially yeah. where Chick-fil-A is, and you go out to the Barnyard Flea Market, um, that's just outside of the city limits of yeah. West Columbia. But that entire stretch, DOT is going to be doing some um, some controls in the medians. They identified that stretch as one of the most dangerous stretches of road in the state due to cross-traffic turns for folks turning to go across two lanes of traffic. And um, they wanted to address that, and they came to us, and they said, we're going to put these median restrictions in. So we said, hey, Totally get why you're doing that. We'd like an opportunity to work with y'all to put some additional monies with it to do some beautifications yeah. and to do some stamp-paved uh, crosswalks yeah, yeah. through that area and to put some mast arms in for all the signaling to really make it look nicer. Sure. And if you stop and you think about it, you've got several um, shopping centers and strip locations over there. 
that really are prime for better uses and better tenants. Um, so we thought that if we put that with it, it would help to improve that corridor. That work is coming. It's been announced. And I'll tell you, as a result of that announcement and the, the initial work on acquiring the easements, when folks over there got a sense that that improvement's coming, the people who own those strip malls, the shopping centers, are starting to put money into them and fixing them up. And um, I'm so excited um, that the revitalization energy and activity that we've worked so hard to get going um, in parts of our city is going to end up spreading across all of our major corridors. Yeah, and uh, and I know even even past that because I live right off I live on just off St. David Church Road. Yeah, so that's that that runs right up to the project you're talking about. But even past that, with all the construction they're doing all the way into Lexington, uh, I think I think that's outstanding because I moved here 20 years ago. And it was a dump. I mean, it was, it, it was, uh, I, I typically could have driven that direction, but it would go towards Irmo. Yeah, we moved back from law school in Michigan in 2005. Okay. So 18 years ago yeah. that we've been in West Columbia. And, and you're exactly right. So um, the level of improvement, both large and small, um, that has gone on inside of our community. It's really unbelievable over yeah. that time period. Absolutely. So uh, you graduated from Lake City High School. I did. That's uh, that's out rural. Yeah, yeah. Certainly rural Florence County. Yeah. Uh, uh, pretty uh, pretty good sports football. So I, I wrestled in high school. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. So uh, um, and uh, I, I I didn't play football. I've always had a very large head, both literally and figuratively. And when I went out for football, um, yeah, <laughs> when I when I went out for peewee football, they didn't have a helmet large enough for me, and, and they were like, "Just go on out there; it'll be okay." And then I was like, "I don't know; that doesn't that doesn't seem quite right." That's so. fair. Well, you ended up uh, going to law school and becoming a lawyer. Was was there any time in high school you were on the debate club or anything like? That? No, so I really didn't give much thought to. Um, to being an attorney, I, I, my family didn't um, move in a social circle with, with attorneys and I didn't really have any exposure to them. Um, I went to the Citadel and uh, my roommate and I got into trouble for going AWOL, sneaking out our junior year. And um, the, the, the officer who pulled him, essentially charged him, um, went way overboard and uh, there's a book there that controls all the rules and disciplinary stuff and he asked me to write up essentially an appeal of the excessive punishment that he had received and and I did that when I turned it in the uh, military advisor we called him TAC officers um, was very surprised that uh, the punishment was reduced as a result of, of that request on behalf of my roommate and he told me that I should consider going to law school. Um, and I, I didn't give much thought to it, but I went to work for Southeastern Freight Lines, yeah. bounced around the Southeast with them for a couple of years. And um, that seed just kind of grew a little bit. And, yeah. and ultimately, I ended up taking the LSAT and going to law school. Yeah, right. my mother said she'd disown me if I became a lawyer. <laughs> Did you get any of that sort of feedback from um, No, you get that from everybody. Yeah. 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 Until, they, until they need an attorney. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What, what, sort of, uh, what sort of law? I do civil have? litigation. So okay. I, do, I do personal injury. I represent some insurance companies. I represent folks who have been hurt. I do a lot of business dispute work. You may have a business partner that you can't get along with. Yeah. 
who you feel like maybe maybe didn't do you right. You know, um, and we, we, we will deal with pretty much any type of personal dispute um, that folks have. I've got a couple of civil lawsuits in place right now. One's with uh, Major League Baseball, and uh, I think another one's with Facebook. Yeah. Uh, that I, I just like, I mean, they're not going to cancel my accounts. So, yeah. uh, you know, I figure, it, yeah, whatever, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Best of luck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're probably 30 or 40 years away from uh, seeing the, the re resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah base, the fact that it used to be that you'd go to NASA's website and in NASA's web address, it would say nasa.mlb.com. I knew at that point just how much influence baseball made. Yeah. Baseball, yeah. Everything. baseball would be a great sport if they'll adopt a clock. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, and they're moving that direction. Yeah, they, they certainly certainly are, yeah. I, look, I'm looking forward to the day when, and, and I know people are going to say, you know, that's not fundamentally right. It's not, you know, that's going to ruin baseball. But I look forward to there being a robo uh, umpire. Not necessarily replacing the umpire, but giving the umpire uh, some, just something in his ear to say, that was a strike. It hit the strike zone. Yeah. Strike. Because uh, I, I, I enjoyed pitching and Frankly, I, I, I could have, uh, I probably would have uh, benefited from that. A bit of objectivity and consistency. Yeah, absolutely. We don't, Angel Hernandez out there. Uh, well. um, so as the, 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 the mayor of West Columbia, how do you balance uh, the, the, the two jobs? Yeah, so there are times that you can balance it and there's times that you just can't. Yeah. You know, uh, um, but you have to prioritize and say, you know, my... My strongest commitment um, at any given moment is to is to my clients. I mean, yeah. that's, that's that's what I do to provide for my family, and it's an oath that I took um, to put my put their interests ahead of my own. Um, I also took an oath to the city of West Columbia yeah. to diligently represent folks in the city of West Columbia. Um, thankfully, I have a wife who is very very helpful. Um, and juggling um, the, the the demands at home, yeah. um, and I've got a great staff here at my law firm and at City Hall. Um, my longtime law clerk, uh, who's a law student, um, worked with me for the last two and a half years during his time in law school, and I'm very very proud. He was just sworn into the bar this week. Oh, his name's awesome. Joseph Hill, and um, he'll be my first associate. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very, very excited for that. And I'm very, very excited, um, to really move into a time of an opportunity for growing this firm and this business. So. Yeah. When I came in, you, uh, you were scanning over the, uh, I, I assume that's some sort of an official law book there that, yeah, that is, um, basically the full court rules for South Carolina. And there's a, there's a very, very exciting proposed, <laughs> change to the rules dealing with what is discoverable and not discoverable and trial prep and experts and we were discussing what the meanings of that implications are benefiting the defendant or the plaintiff so it it's kind of cuts equally you know both sides utilize experts and trial preparation documents um, about as much as, as either. So it's not so much something that will favor one side over the other. It's just to change the rules of the game, essentially. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you feel like your legal skills uh, provide any sort of assistance as far as uh, your, your position as mayor? So folks call me oftentimes with a problem um, that they don't necessarily know if they need an attorney or if they need intervention from the city. And, and sometimes things turn into one that started out as the other. Um, 
I tell folks that in both of these roles, I enjoy them because I like finding answers to problems yeah. and I like having an opportunity to help people. And if you do either of these jobs for the right reason, you do them the same way. And that is you work to try to find answers and solutions. So there's a lot of um, synergy between the two. There's a lot of overlap between the two. And um, yeah, I, I enjoy both roles very much. A lot of folks poo-poo politicians um, or government workers. A lot of folks poo-poo attorneys. But I have found both of them to be very, very fulfilling, um, very, very good and admirable um, jobs and roles. Now, of course, you have folks who abuse both of those roles. Sure. But if you're doing them for the right reasons, I think they're both very, very admirable um, undertakings, and I think they're both very, very personally fulfilling as well. Yeah, uh, and real quick, I just want to say these are the most comfortable seats I've ever sat in for an interview. Thank <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Burke, whose office used to be above mine on Knox Abbott, and whenever he decided to hang it up, he made me a deal that if I would if I would remove all the furniture from his entire office suites, <laughs> that I could have all the furniture. So he he helped to set me up. Though. <laughs> Um, what are what are some unique challenges to uh, to governing in in West Columbia? Yeah, so our, under our form of government, we have a council form of government, yeah. and we do something that's unique in the entire state of South Carolina, maybe the entire country. Corporal punishment. Corporal punishment. That's right. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, our city administrator administers the spanking. So uh, <laughs> hey, oh, we did go to high school. <laughs> When, um, when I was on city council, I worked very hard. There was a challenge to our form of government, um, which came up from a former mayor who wanted to change it to strong mayor, where the mayor basically ran the day-to-day -day operations. And I feel very strongly that in a city our size and with our makeup, that the council form of government is the best way to go. And what that means is that each member, including the mayor, has one vote, an equal vote, in any matter that's before the city that they choose to take up. Um, the mayor had presided over city council by, by default. And um, I pushed for a change, and we got the change where we went to an elected chairperson to preside over all of our council meetings, which could be the mayor or it could be someone else. Um, and I, I really like that. I, I tell folks that um, if I had strong mayor and I ran the day-to-day -day operations, that I could make a quicker decision sure. on any issue. But I don't know that I could ever make a better decision than what we arrive at from having all nine folks consider things. And it doesn't really create any problems as far as urgency or emergency situations. I have emergency powers if somebody needs to take an action. Um, but we also have a very, very competent city administrator that we have selected as a council, and we allow him um, to run the day-to-day -day operations of City Hall. Um, but sometimes, um, you had about, about unique challenges, sometimes you know, juggling those nine opinions and trying to arrive at the best way to move forward on any issue. But I'm proud of this. I, I'm extremely proud of this. Um, I would say that on most things that come before the city. And there's always disagreement, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't always fully agree with any decision. There's always things that you wish you could change a little bit. Well, that's just intelligence. That's just intelligence. But City Council in West Columbia, we vote together unanimously probably 95% of the time. Gotcha. 
And um, I think that says a lot to the preparation and the work that we all put into our roles ahead of time yeah. in considering things and working with staff to iron out those differences and to arrive at a really good product before we take it up. Um, and it also says a lot about the deliberative process that, that we engage in where you know, we, we're willing to hear from our colleagues who have differing opinions and discuss those and see if we can arrive at a good outcome. Yeah. Um, how do you engage with the community as far as being the mayor and, and then the council? Yeah, I, I think it's one of the most important things that any elected representative can do. I, I, I attended a, um, a forum put on by the League of Women Voters probably three or four months ago, and it was about ways to more effectively communicate with your elected representatives. And I, I told them that if they are trying to communicate with their elected representatives and they're not hearing back, then their communication skills aren't flawed. Their elected leaders are. Yeah. Um, it's our job to make ourselves accessible to the public. You can't be a good mouth for a community if you're not a good set of ears. So I'm active on social media. And by active, I don't just mean that I post stuff. I mean, I, I monitor social media when folks have um, comments, concerns, questions. I try to respond and provide information. Whether they like the response or not is a matter for another discussion because I'm a fairly direct person. Yeah. But I try to engage folks through social media. My cell phone number is on the website at City Hall. Um, we all maintain emails at City Hall. Um, I take letters. Um, you know, any means of communication that's out there, we're plugged into it one way or the other. And um, we try to be engaged and responsive to folks. Yeah. Um, and. and like I said, if, if just driving around the town to see seeing the number of your signs out there, the number of people that, that you know, you may not hear from a tenth of them, but I have to assume that 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 the that, that your uh, way of governing and, and and how you present yourself to the the people and the voters of West Columbia is as really has has really re shown just exactly you know how much. Uh, they have they they believe that they have yeah. access to you yeah you know I, I try to take the approach if a person i want to preface this with this there are certain folks who can find the cloud in any sunny day right i call those individuals <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right that's right um but for the most part if a if an average normal citizen is having an issue that is strongly affecting them enough that they reach out to someone in city government, it's a real impact on their lives. Yeah, and um, I try to approach those interactions as such. And I, I try to look at whatever it is. And, and they're not always positive, glowing reviews of, of our staff. We, sure. we try to deliver great services, and I think that day in and day out we do that. But there's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to be road bumps. And um, I really take those opportunities, one, to try to give some redirection to our staff to improve the services that we deliver, but to also remember that that's my opportunity to help and to assist those people. Yeah. on an individual basis, which is what I asked them all to do whenever I first ran for city council back 10 years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about making an impact that it, it, it may not necessarily always be the impact that, that you want or that they want, but 
but showing empathy or well sympathy I guess in, in situations that uh, that someone's being negatively impacted I mentioned the extra charge on my water uh, so that was a God bless you again <laughs> so you know folks don't folks don't 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 get that I, I, I chuckled and and high water rates for folks who are out of town uh, aren't a laughing matter but I start any of those discussions off by pointing out that the city of West Columbia for our in-town customers, we have the third lowest water yeah, and sewer rates in the entire state of South Carolina. Absolutely. And even though you pay more, we still pay less. You still pay less than what most folks do across the state. Yeah. So, so you pay more than in-town folks in West Columbia. But the reason why that difference is there is that the folks who are in town through their tax money, they subsidize the investment investment into those water plants yeah. and systems. So we had a lady who was blowing us up and who had called um, the local senators just chastising the fact that they pay double. Because what you pay is double the in-town rate, right? Yeah. Which is a considerable adjustment. We use a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, I do too. <laughs> so, uh, but she had just moved, literally just moved from the city of West Columbia out to an area in a new home that had been built in an area that doesn't get in-town rates, yeah. like uh, an area just outside of the city limits. And she reached out to her um, senator and, and folks in the house, and she was complaining about how unfair that was. And she had never given consideration while she lived in the city of West Columbia that the rates were so great. And that's part of what her tax dollars on a day-in-and-day-out basis provided was access to an unbelievably great value of water yeah. and sewer. My suggestion would be to speak to somebody who has Columbia water or lives in Ir or lives just outside of Irma for municipalities as far as the water because you'll be shocked. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I asked about how you engage with, with uh, as, as far as citizens, that, that, uh, voters and, and such here in West Columbia. What sort of relationship does the city of West Columbia have with, with its neighbors, with uh, Lexington and Casey and, and uh, I guess uh, also... Would Lexington, Casey, Springdale, Columbia, Columbia yeah. those are our direct uh, yeah. adjoining neighbors. I tell folks all the time, um, I said it today at a leadership group for folks across the state um, when I was down speaking to them earlier today. Um, if you look at the Midlands specifically, right, the Midlands are many, many towns. Yeah. But we are one community, and there is nothing that is good for any one area of our community that isn't good for all of our community. And conversely, there's nothing that's bad for one area that's not also bad for all of us. Yeah. Um, and I think that really you have to take that approach. Now, I want to be, out of, out of all of those sister cities, I want ours to be the best, and I, and I, I believe the, that, that we are, but... Our sense of healthy competitiveness can never overburden our sense of unity between us and the fact that you know we all have to work together. Yeah, I, you know some of the events that, uh, that that have been held lately. I know the dinner on the on Gervais. That's that's a big that's a big event, and that's Columbia and West yeah. Columbia. Yeah, we're currently working together on a pedestrian bridge, oh. um, which will be a wonderful thing. If you look at our first responders, we have. Um, with all of our cities and with Lexington County, um, we have mutual aid agreements, automatic aid agreements. Um, when there's a need that comes up in one community, 
Um, you have an officer who gets shot. That happens, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, our folks go over and they, they cover other other neighboring towns' shifts. Um, we really try to work together whenever those moments of incredible need come up to make sure that everything can continue running. Yeah. So uh, here's an opportunity to brag on yourself just a little bit. Um, are there any specific initiatives or programs that that you have that you want to get done over the course of the, or, or at least begin and, and get done over the course of the next four years? I got to tell you, one of the things that I'm most proud of, if you look right over there um, on that wall, there's a shot from outside of City Hall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's framed over there. That's the first citywide litter pickup that we had back in, I don't remember if that was 20 or 21. I worked with the local JCs okay. to start that up as a project and to bring community members in. And we have, we have removed literally tons of trash through our city, and we yeah. do that once a year. We won a, recently won a Leaders Against Litter Award for those oh, yeah. initiatives. Cool. Um, I want to see the overall continued cleanup of our city. Yeah. And, and, and that covers a couple of things. Litter is a huge component, but we've beat that back somewhat yeah. um, by getting out there. Now, I would love to do it twice a year. I'd love to do it three times a year. I'd love to do it every quarter, right? Yeah. But we've we've gone out and we've picked up some of that long-standing litter, and we continue to do that. We've also started to work on blight removal, where we go out in homes that are unsuited for unsuited for habitation. Um, we have torn those homes down. Oftentimes, working with property owners to do it. Yeah. Occasionally, we've had to do it by by, by mandate, where where the city steps in and says you've been unwilling to address these issues and we're going to do it for you um, we've cleared vacant lots that have been overgrown and and the power of addition by subtraction where you go into an area um, that has one thing which is just so far below the average or mean of the of the area and you take that out and you improve that yeah. the overall impact that it has for everything else around it um, is so great and um I want to see those efforts continue. Now, certainly, um, you can't take your eyes off of the absolute day-to-day -day core central um, functions of government. So police, fire, providing safe and clean, reliable water and sewer services. That's all, trash, sanitation. Those things are always you know, the upper echelon of our commitment. And then beyond that, you know, as far as an initiative, I, I want to see the physical continued and expanded cleanup of our city. What are some of the roles of, of uh, the city council and mayor as far as like when it comes to the police and the, and the fire? Yes, yeah, so all administrative and governmental functions of the city reside undivided in the city council. Okay. How, how so? And, I was going to say, like... That's a statutory, like, description, basically, right? Yeah. So let me tell you how that plays out. Um, city council hires city attorney. We select and hire the city attorney. We select and hire the city judge. We select and hire the fire chief. We select and hire the police chief. And um, we largely leave the day-to-day -day operations of the fire department and the police department to those chiefs. Okay. For their personnel decisions, they decide who they're going to hire, how they're going to structure their staffs. Because at the end of the day, um, if there's a problem over there, 
I'm going to call one person before city council. Makes sense. And that's going to be the chief. And he's going to answer for everything that he's got going on underneath him. Yeah. And I don't need him saying, well, I wanted to do it different, but that guy that you installed underneath me has usurped all my authority, right? And um, that's what you run into under other models. So um, beyond those departments, um, the city could have city council run the day-to-day operations of everything. But, you know, we're 17,000 people. Yeah. Um, we have, I think our last budget, I don't have the numbers laying around here. We'll go into that in a couple months. But we're probably better than a $40 million budget if you look at our general fund and yeah. our, um, we call it our enterprise fund. That's our water and sewer. We sell a lot of water to sure. other towns. Um, but there's a lot of decisions that had to be made on a day-in, day-out basis. Yeah. And um, as a result, we've made the decision as a city government to hire a city administrator, a guy named Brian Carter, who's been with the city for, I think Brian's been there 25 years. He started out as a slick sleeve police officer and has held, I think, every role in city government in West Columbia, with the exception of driving a trash truck. I don't think he's ever driven a trash truck. But um, he knows the operations of the city inside and out from a firsthand basis. And we rely very, very heavily on him and his staff. And um, what that means is we properly fund them. We properly empower them. We allow them to run the day-to-day operations. We allow them to handle the personnel issues. And then most importantly, we hold them responsible, meaning if you haven't lived up to the policies and procedures that we've adopted through ordinances and resolutions and met our expectations, we're going to come talk to you. Yeah. And if it's such an egregious deal, you know, we're going to take some corrective actions. Yeah. And um, thankfully, um, those times have been very, very few and far between. And we are incredibly well served as a city council, but also as a city um, by the staff that, that we have. Gotcha. Both the frontline workers and the the upper levels. I mean, we have top-notch people. So when it comes to officer promotions, whether they're firefighters or police officers, there's not a Tommy Tuberville out there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We, we generally, to the extent that we can, we like to hire from within. We like to have an opportunity to train folks to do things the way that we do it in West Columbia. We believe that we do things the right way here. Yeah. And um, if you have folks who start out in that system, um, you don't have to retrain or try to ingrain that that sense of right and wrong and the way that things should be done. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's from from as an individual who's done plenty of hiring for uh, positions that uh, that I needed resources on. Uh, the idea of losing employees or having to hire new employees, the amount of cost there is just to training and the time consumed, uh, it's, it's much more efficient to be able to, to, to see those individuals move up. And then, you know, and then they're also part of the community as well. The best time to handle employment problems before you hire them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of good actors out there too. Uh, (laughs) So uh, what are some of the top priorities? Uh, you know, I, I know you bragged on uh, the litter cleanup and such, but what are some of the top priorities for the city of West Columbia? Yeah, we have um, incredibly low cost. Yeah. Um, we have incredibly low taxes. Um, and if you look at, you can't just look at taxes. Um, you had to look at the full 
charge pitcher, right? Oh, yeah. So the city of Casey, I think their millage rate's a little bit lower than ours, but they also charge a sanitation fee, and we don't charge a sanitation fee. If you factor all that in, we're one of the cheapest places you can live in the Midlands. Um, we have full services, right? So if you look at Lexington, for instance, they're, they're a great city, um, but they don't have a fire department. They, yeah. they rely on the county. So our residents here, whenever they call and they need an ambulance, the county dispatches an ambulance, which may be here in 30 to 45 minutes. Well, we send a fire truck with a full crew of advanced medical personnel who go out and they provide life-saving training uh, uh, assistance yeah. based on their training that they've received um, until that ambulance gets there. And um, those are the type of things that in addition to looking at the cost and the overall cost picture, you have to look and see what all services you receive. So. One of the main top priorities is making sure that uh, the city is providing great services at as low of a cost as possible. Um, we also have streamlined our internal processes over the last five or six years um, to try to get approvals for land use and building and those types of things as done as well and as quickly as possible because time really is money. Yeah. Um, now I know it's a cliche, but, but there's a lot of truth to it. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, when a landowner wants to come in and do something with their property, it's less as a legit health or safety reason um, or, you know, some other overriding reason, they should be able to do it with their property and they should be able to do it when they want to with their property. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that the, uh, the city of West Columbia's town hall is absolutely one of the prettiest. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, that was, that was not there when I originally moved here. Yeah. We've been in that building for about 20 years. Yeah. And um, we just had to replace the air conditioned systems this past year. We went through a long stretch last summer where um, the air conditions were either completely out or partially out in certain parts of the building. There were a few few days that folks weren't able to work in the middle of the summer because of it. And as, as you would expect, on a building that size, oh, yeah. it's a very, very complex system. And it was a huge undertaking to, to redo. But imagine... As a taxpayer, imagine all the years that it worked efficiently without having to be replaced. That's right. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> and, right. Thanks to new technology, I imagine that it'll last, you know. Make it 25 years right. out yeah, of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are some of the top challenges for the city of West Columbia? And, and I'll just preface that with uh, 2015 was pretty bad as far as the flooding that occurred. Yeah, we were very fortunate in the flood. We had... Um, we had two neighborhoods which were somewhat impacted directly by, you know, the rising river level. Yeah. We had some other localized flooding, but for the most part, we dodged an absolute bullet. Yeah. Um, the the impacts in Columbia were so much greater than they were over on our side of the river, and I'm still very very thankful for that. Every time I go down to the river, I was down at the amphitheater today doing a little video. And I, I, I look back over, um, I've got a couple of photographs of me and Bruce Brucci and um, the then Riverwalk Ranger um, standing at the top of the amphitheater as it was still filling. Oh, yeah. And it was just completely covered with water, like a lake. Um, and I look over at the arches on, on the bridge and just think back to how high that water was. Yeah. It was it was an unbelievable amount of water moving through there. Um, 
you know, the challenges we have, um, there's a lot of demand for growth. Um, and we don't have huge open areas yeah. of land to go out and do new development. So we had to do a lot of infill development, which means putting new things inside of existing neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, so we have to make sure that while we're bringing new stuff in, that we don't lose the parts that make us great yeah. and unique. And um, there's sometimes that's a challenge. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no, no, no other way around it. But at the same time, you can't stay stagnant. Folks want, even people inside of existing neighborhoods want new things. Yeah. And in order to get new things, you have to change certain parts. So. Yeah. It's a shame there wasn't a 600 acre uh, state hospital over on the side yeah. of the river. Yeah. They could turn into, we could turn into. Ab- absolutely. That, that, that seemed like, that seemed very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, there was a lot of grief given to that Bull Street development. Yeah, and, um, I spent between my time at the Court of Appeals, being on staff at the Senate and practicing law downtown. I worked downtown since 2005 until 2000, January of 20. So that's about 15 years. And I'll tell you that at five o'clock in downtown Columbia, outside of five points in the Vista, you could roll up the streets. Oh yeah. There was no activity, nothing going on. And I really take my hat off and commend city leadership um, for working to move Dominion out away from what became the hub. And the vitality that came from position that student housing on Main Street is unbelievable. It's what gave a, a real active scene to that area. And I strongly believe that in... 20 years, well, less than that now because that Bull Street project has been going for a good while now. In 10 years, I think folks will look at that Bull Street development for the first time with the real ability to see the scope of the impact that it's had, and I think it will be one of the most transformative things for the city of Columbia ever. Yeah. And, and, and not to brag on Columbia too much, but I think what they're, what they're working on with Main Street north of, uh, north of, the, north of Columbia is... Yeah. You know they're they're doing a lot of work there, and it 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 is similar to what has already happened here. But uh, you know it's I, I think just as a whole, like you said, we're the Midlands, and 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 seeing those communities also build up is is very uh, it, it's it's nice to see. So it's cool. It's having a nice circle impact. So if you look off of just the old um, mental hospital property. Um, over where DHEC is, yeah. right? They've just made an announcement um, th- that they're pretty certain they're going to end up moving what what is the remnants of DHEC um, and several other state offices and agencies out to the old Dominion property. Yeah, and They're going to position hundreds of state employees out there, which is great for us because it will you know, put hundreds of people over here who need a place to eat lunch and it will help to support new restaurants, new retail. Yeah. Um, some of those folks are going to end up deciding we kind of like it over here. We want to move over here. It's additional demand for that, which helps to spur on additional development. But if you also look at the impact that it has from Columbia, um, that property will likely end up being sold. It will transfer from off of the state rolls 
most likely back into private ownership, which then for the first time puts it back on the tax rolls, which helps to start the process somewhat of um, addressing Columbia's tax bases, which is so, so um, predominantly covered by, I think it's like 40% of their tax bases, which is either nonprofit um, or state or county owned. And uh, it just creates such a high burden for the taxable properties um, because of that, because all the services had to be covered by 60% of the property owners as opposed to the full hundred. So. Yeah. So how long, how long are you thinking you want to keep, uh, doing the mayor thing? I don't know, man. Um, I don't really have any desire for any other office. I could wake up tomorrow and change my mind sure. on that. I really, really enjoy, um, local government. Yeah. Um, but my kids are, are getting a little bit older and um, so right now, I think I think I'll be 49 at the end of this term, okay. and um, my daughters will be 14, 16, and 18. And I don't know. I mean, um, I, I don't know if I'll end up running again or, or if I won't run again sure. at this yeah. time. But I know that my life at that point will look very much different than it does now. Yeah. So. That's uh yeah that I guess that's that's one of those things I know uh, Mayor Lee's down in Casey this is her fifth no sixth term fifth maybe term? yeah um, and uh, you know that I guess did you ever consider yourself to be uh, a career politician like with that with that idea of longevity as far as uh, uh, serving or is it yeah. just to serve I, I serve for the, at the need yeah so I. I I probably will like to serve as long as I'm effective and it's the best use of my time. Yeah. Right. Um, folks get hung up and they, um, they, a lot of people throw out the term career politicians and discussions of, of term limits and, and restricting the ability to be reelected. And, I was on staff over in the Senate for a long time, and I'm going to make this reference today. It's something that I use all the time, but you can name your House member, right? Yep. All right. And you can name your senator, right? Nikki Setzer is my senator, and he has served. Yeah. Nikki's currently the longest-serving senator in the country. I mean, he's, he's yeah. been, been there forever and still providing wonderful, wonderful service. And you were very, very attuned to the news and the happenings, more so than the average person and the state government, and you follow stuff. Who's the top staff member in the Senate Judiciary? In the, in the Judiciary? Yeah, that, that one I don't know. And who, who's the top staff person over on Ways and Means? Yeah, that one I don't know either. All right, so... If not elected. If you have a system where you continue to have folks who are elected... They run those bodies. Right. If you have a system where folks can serve for a certain number of times and then they're forced to no longer be there, you have a continuous revolving door, and the only consistency you have is amongst unelected staff and the folks who end up running those bodies. Those people do a wonderful job day in and day out. I worked over there myself. Saw Mike Sheely today, the old the old head of the Senate Finance Committee. He's a wonderful man. But um those folks do a wonderful job, but they're not elected. Yeah. 
They have no public accountability. And if you go to a system where folks don't have that ability to continue to serve, you end up with staff members who really run the institutions, yeah. and then there is no political accountability. Yeah, no, that, that, that's very true. And, you know, I, I, I'm an individual that's always kind of been as far as when it comes to uh, some of the federal positions that we elect to, that I, I see the benefit of term limits only in the sense that uh, not necessarily just to knock out old codgers that, that, that have been there too long. Yeah. I do see the benefit in that. Uh, but it, I think that they're, they're, I think a lot of it comes down to that in a situation where if I as an individual believe that, that someone has served long enough or has served too long, that I need to find a candidate or be that candidate in order to replace them. Absolutely. So the, the one thing that's definitely better than term limits, like term limits may be an improvement, right? But the one thing that without a doubt is better than term limits would be properly functioning elections where <laughs> at the end of every term, right. you could make a decision based on who your representative was going to be with a real chance to provide political accountability in the way that they conducted their affairs. And uh, I think that instead of looking at... Um, broad stroke across the board restrictions on how long folks can serve, we really should focus our attention on making our election process um, where folks feel accountability. Any complaints about the election that, that just currently completed here as far as West Columbia? Any, any? No, I was incredibly pleased. Um, every incumbent on city council was reelected. Yeah. Most with really, really good margins. Um, my good friend Trevor Bedell, who is my mayor pro tem, had no one run against him. And um, I think I got 70% of the yeah. vote for, for re-election. And um, I, I don't say that to toot my horn or toot the horn to the folks who serve with me. I, I say it because of this. I think it is an overall stamp of approval from the citizens of West Columbia that they generally agree with the way that our city is heading, yeah. the way that it's led, and most importantly for me, that they're happy with the services that they receive on a day-in and day-out basis. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm astounded, I think. I, I, like I said, I've, I've told you, I've, 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 I've bragged on you. Uh, I think that West Columbia is... I, I, I don't I, I don't know the words exactly use it, but it has made such a, a big difference from when I originally moved here. Because when I first moved here, I've lived in the same house for 23, 22 years. And uh, I've either worked all the way out on the other side of town off of Farrell Road, or I've worked up in Chapin, or I've worked on Fernandina, or, you know, it, so, so I've driven all around. Uh, and the impact that and the difference that I've seen in West Columbia over the course of the just just the last four years has been immeasurable, and uh, and so I'll brag on you and the rest of the city council because you don't find even even in Columbia you find the city council at odds with each other on so many things. When when Mayor Benjamin was in there, uh, I, I was hard pressed to see an article that didn't say the city council was in a lock. Or that the, the, there were council meetings where the uh, the number of people to, to, to come in and, and make some sort of argument against something was out the door. 
So the it's you all are you all are doing it very efficiently. Yeah, we we, we have our disagreements, and you're going to have that in any deliberative body. But at the end of the day, we try to get things done. We try to move stuff forward. And um, I, I tell I tell my fellow council members that um, it's tempting to get up and grandstand. It's tempting to it's tempting to you know throw jabs every now and then. But at the end of the day, we all get one vote. And even when we disagree on things, after we talk about things and hash them out, we end up voting together 95% of the time. Yeah, that's incredible. Which means that we really don't have that much disagreement. And maybe we should focus more on the things that we have in common. Yeah. And less on the few things that we disagree on. Yeah. Uh, last question I'll ask you. What is it that they're doing over there across the river on the Congaree, uh, right right there under Gervais Street Bridge? So they've just concluded that. So they were removing coal tar ah. um, from the riverbed, which okay. was discovered several years ago. We had a guy who went out of a kayak and stood up, and his leg went down into a coal, car, coal wow. tar deposit from an old power generation plant that was yeah. over there. And they went back. They found those nationally and regionally in several different locations and there was a bunch of debate and discussions about whether it was ecologically better to remove it to cap it leave it in place and they went back and forth and back and forth and ultimately a few years ago they decided they were going to pull it out and they finished that up very well ahead of schedule i mean it was a, a huge success story the uh I think it was either the end of last week or beginning of this week. The governor and the head from Dominion and everybody were were down there uh, capping off the, the the final part of the project. So I was hoping it was going to be an amphitheater or something. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, that because it for for a long time I'd, I'd pull up on the internet just see what was going on. And I, there wasn't any information that you could. I was hoping they were going to fill it with sand and we have a little Baja Beach over there. You know, I, I, I'd be in favor of that too. Yeah. Uh, I know at one point, I think there was talk of a potential water park in Spring uh, over in, um, uh, what's the town next to us? Spring, Springdale? Yeah, Springdale. Yeah, they have, a, they have a little small water park over there. Their yeah. city hall complex is very popular in the yeah. summertime. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to commend West Columbia, uh, some of the parks around here too. Yeah. Because uh, we, we, we utilize them on a fairly frequent basis yeah. as well. So. Yeah. Well, Mayor Tim, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here and your interest in everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if there's ever anything that uh, West Columbia's got going on, we're we're here to to promote it as well. So uh, just, uh, just, you know, give me a ring and we'll take care of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of the All About Nothing podcast. I want to thank Mayor Tim Miles again. Uh, Just just won his re-election. This was episode number 181. And uh, thank you again, Tim, for being along with me. Thank you. Uh, links to all of our past episodes of podcast platforms, merchandise, and social media are available on our website, theallaboutnothing.com. And if you think our financial model of giving away free content and entertainment is silly and you're in the giving mood, you can certainly become an official nothinger. By supporting the show, visit theallaboutnothing.com and click on the support link at the top of the page. You can also subscribe monthly to varying levels, including membership tiers that give you access to exclusive content. So uh, as well, you can get access to uh, the shows a little bit earlier. So. Uh, you can also join in the conversation by joining our Discord channel, which is available at a link on the top of the page. Please subscribe to the show, share it with all your family and friends. 
Thank you very much. Everybody stay safe and have a good week. The All About Nothing podcast is produced and engineered by me, Barrett Gruber. Thanks to Cake for our intro music, Sick of You. You can follow everything Cake the Band at cakemusic.com. Thanks to Muff the Producer for our outro music. You can follow Muff on Instagram at Muff the Producer. I am Barrett Gruber. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Barrett Gruber or visit my link tree slash Barrett Gruber. Want to support the show? Visit our webpage, theallaboutnothing.com and become a member. There are several tiers available, including memberships that give you early access to episodes as well as exclusive content. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. Find links to our social media, merchandise, and past episodes. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. If you'd like to be heard on the show, you can call and leave us a message. Dial 803-672-0533. If the time between these episodes is more than you can handle, check out our partner podcast. Zach and I host What the Pod Was That with Carrie Simmons. Visit whatthepodwasthat.com for links and details. Ami takes a deep dive down the rabbit hole in episodes of Welcome to Wonderland. Available on all the podcast platforms. Visit wtwlpod.com for details. As well, you can listen to the political and social conversation between Dr. Jamela Brooks and Bill Kimmler on Black, White, and Blue in the South. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and share this show. If you're on YouTube, please like and hit the notification bell. Thank you for listening. The preceding podcast is a product of Big Media and copyright 2023, all rights reserved. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by Blank Canvas Brand. If you own a business, restaurant, or sports team and you're ready to shake things up with that new, unique image, you need to use Blank Canvas Brand. Blank Canvas specializes in brand identity, including logos and graphics for business cards, flyers, banners, and signs. Blank Canvas offers printing services to help with your clothing needs. Look. When it comes to talent and service, there is no one better. For more information, you can search Facebook for Blank Canvas, or you can email blankcanvas at theallaboutnothing.com. That's B-L-N-K-C-A-N-V-S at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com.